Hey guys, this is episode three. I wanted to talk a little bit today about the Federal Reserve. Uh, I know it sounds really boring and everybody wants to turn it off now, but I want to talk specifically about how it relates to real estate moving forward, whether you want to do flips, you want to buy houses and hold them and increase your cash flow, um, and what kind of the battlefields are right now in our economy that's going to lead either to the market slowing or it's speeding back up or, or maybe it even declining a little bit. Uh, it's gonna be really interesting to watch how it plays out. So what's happening right now is uh, rate, interest rates are climbing. Um, they're very much climbing. They've gone from their, their low between three and three and a quarter all the way up to now they're between four and a half and five. So they've already increased quite a bit over the last year, year and a half. Um, and they're, they're continuing to climb. So what's happening is the Federal Reserve is slowly increasing the interest rate um, as the economy is becoming more stable, things like that. Um, what is happening though is President Trump, like him or not, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. One of his main objectives here um, is he's actually appointing more governors to the board of the Federal Reserve. So let me back up a little history lesson. The Federal Reserve was created in 1913, um, and it was brought together after um, there was a whole bunch of financial scares, and they found that they needed to have a central entity that was going to actually control what was going on. Uh, they gave them their dual mandate. I recommend you guys look it up, read a little bit about it. I don't want to go on too much about that. Um, but what has happened is for quite a few presidencies, especially President Obama, they did not appoint um, any new members of the board. So what happens is the president appoints them and then the Senate confirms them, right? So there's supposed to be seven members altogether. There was only four. And so um, there were three. There's a fourth one. Now they're going to be adding a few more. Um, and if they can do that, if Trump can get his people pushed through Senate, he's going to be able to actually lower the interest rate again, which is what he wants to do. Um, economists are kind of split on whether that's a good or a bad thing. So do your own research on that. Um, but if he lowers it, it would definitely help housing and it'd keep it growing. Um, in, in most markets, it would continue to go up. Uh, what's really good for you to understand, though, is to look historically at what your market does, how it behaves. Uh, for instance, here in Idaho Falls, a lot of our people are employed um, by Idaho National Laboratories. There's a lot of engineers in Idaho Falls, um, which you wouldn't think would be kind of a techie area, but we have a lot of that kind of stuff, and it helps when recessions hit the country. We don't see quite the decline that a lot of markets do see. Um, so I know for me, when I buy a hold, I'm not... I'm not quite risking that as much. Our unemployment's always low. It's always it's always pretty safe having rentals here, uh, specifically because there's multiple schools and because the the job pool is just very stable because it's a government contract. So make sure that you understand the area you're doing business in. Um, if you're in a market that keeps going up, that's great. Make sure you understand its cycle. Everything cycles anywhere from six to 10 years uh, is what's pretty normal. Uh, with the crash being in 07, 08, you know, it's 2018, we're getting the 10 years, 10 year mark. Uh, but what had happened in Southern California is they were 20 something years of just growth. So don't think that seven to 10 years is a solid rule and it just crashes because people are like, oh, it's 10 years now, it doesn't matter, unemployment's down and everybody's doing pretty good. Um, you have to just watch and see how that goes. Uh, so bear with me, I'm gonna get a little bit more into it. So the Frank Dodd Act was something that was brought in after 2000, 2007, 2008. It was brought in and it gave more power to the reserve to be able to govern banks and what they could do. Um, how much of their investments had to be in federal notes, how much of their investments had to be in, in just different areas. And when they did that, they gave them a whole lot more power than was necessary to banks or to the Federal Reserve to control banks. Um, I think personally, I think the Frank Dodd Act needs to get ripped to shreds. There's some things that are really important. I think banking regulation is definitely good, um, but it is, it's being overdone. So what we need to watch right now is kind of the battle that's happening between the Senate and President Trump about getting all of his, the members appointed 
and then also confirmed in the Senate to be able to get them in there to see if he can actually win that fight. I don't know if he can, um, but getting the interest rate lowered back down. Um, 5% interest rate, 6% interest rate, you know what the highest we've seen was in the late 80s. That was a Democrat-controlled Democrat um, Federal Reserve, the board was, and they got the rate all the way up to 18 19%. So the, the advantage to having a higher interest rate is CDs, other things get higher returns. The disadvantage is housing. It really, it really sucks because every time that the interest rate goes up 1%, you lose 11% purchasing power. Um, we always call it the 110 rule, 10% purchasing power. But so what happens is let's say you can afford a $200,000 house today. So what happens is interest rates go up 1%. Your same payment can now only get you, we have to go down 10%, go down 20,000 over 200,000, $180,000 house. Um, it may not sound like much, but you go up 2% and all of a sudden, boom, the difference between 200 and $160,000 house is significant. Um, so it's really good to understand exactly what's happening with the interest rates, especially if you're wanting to get into flips, because you don't want to buy it, have a six or seven month turnaround because you're trying to save money doing work on your own, which is a good thing to do to learn exactly all the ins and outs. Um, but you're doing this longer term flip and the market flips on you and all of a sudden you have a house that is in the wrong neighborhood to rent it and it's not good rates. A lot of times, another thing we've found is when the market dips and unemployment um, goes up, some people lose houses, the renter pool actually increases as the homeowners go down or as they can't afford houses. There's more renters. So you really need to understand your market and you really need to understand how um, both recessions and increases go on. I think what we're going to see is here mid to late 2019, we're going to see the rates get to the point where it's starting to hurt um, the buyer pool. It's going to start limiting people from buying. More people are going to choose to rent. Um, so we're just going to see kind of how this develops over the next year, year and a half, but I would make sure to keep an eye on it and really understand it before you get involved. Um, and it involves work, it involves doing research, it involves reading about the Fed, keeping up on the news on exactly who they're ratifying and the history on that kind of person. Um, and more importantly, understanding housing, your market, the house you're looking at, the neighborhood you're looking at. And if that house is going to be one that appeals to both renters and one you can sell quick. In case you get caught with it, you're gonna be okay. Um, the other thing is using other people's money. You have to be very, very careful how you do it because if you're doing it on short-term loans and then the market crashes, you're caught holding the bag and it's really not a good situation to be in. So we're gonna get more into using other people's money in another one. This one was more just talking about uh, areas of research that you can really dig into. I highly recommend reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant. Uh, they're both from Robert Kiyosaki um, and Increasing Your Financial IQ. All three of those are really good. I love Robert Kiyosaki's books. The only thing I struggle with with them is when you get to reading his sixth, seventh, eighth book, he's got quite a few, uh, they get a little repetitive. So they go over the same stories from different angles. But those three specifically talk about different information. It's very, very valuable. If you're gonna be getting into this arena, you're gonna be getting into real estate, you're gonna be trying to learn that, you'll be trying to build and become um, you know, a real estate millionaire, you really need to understand the different types of income, the different taxes, and you need to understand exactly how it relates to housing. So um, I'm going to go ahead and end this, end this episode here, but I really do appreciate you guys watching and continuing. Please give me comments, you know, subscribe to the channel. Let me know if you have questions. Let me know what kind of things you want me to go over. Um, I'm going to get into showing some specifics of flips that I've been working on um, here in just the next episode or two, but I really do appreciate your guys' time and have a great evening.